Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome and thanks for joining in with us. Today, we're going to teach you how to grow your business and take it to the next level by getting a better grip on this thing we call emotional intelligence. No doubt you've heard some of my interviews with radio personality Michael Benner on this topic. We have recorded quite a few interviews over the years. If you go to TonyDURSO.com slash podcast and type in Benner in the search, that's B-E-N-N-E-R, You'll see a number of interviews on this topic. And when you type in Robin Hills, you'll see another interview on emotional intelligence. And though I know a little bit about it, believe me, I am not the expert. I'll conduct today's interview with an open and a curious approach to see what we can learn today. And yes, we're going to talk about mastering emotional resilience with Robin Hills. And I want you to know while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get really successful, very successful at growing your business to a high sustainable level. And we're going to help turn you into an elite entrepreneur. Now about Robin Hills, he's taught over 300,000 people in over 195 countries on how to build resilience, how to increase self-awareness and understanding of others. I think that says it all. I can't wait to get started. So let's jump into it. Hi, Robin. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Tony, it's a pleasure to be on your show. And thank you for asking me to come along and join you this evening. The pleasure is all mine. And we're all looking forward to learning about, to learning about, you know, how do we master emotional resilience? You know, we talk about it, we hear about it. And I think probably the best way for us to conduct this is Start at the beginning. How did everything start for you? What's your backstory? Well, like everybody, I went through uh, my academic career and started out in uh, in the world of work and learnt the hard way around having to do having around howing around how to do things. <laughs> so I had to learn on the job, and uh, part of that was engaging with other people. How do I build up relationships? How do I influence? How do I persuade people? My first job was a sales job, and I didn't consider myself to be a salesperson. So I had to change my mindset and look at selling as being an erstwhile part of being a good entrepreneur, being a good business person, and really kind of dump some of those preconceived ideas I had about selling and about sales and about salespeople. So um, I, I had to learn the hard way. I jumped in at the deep end and I learned over the years what a valuable skill set selling is and how that is really fundamentally underpinned by good emotional intelligence but really to kind of help your listeners and help the entrepreneurs that you help, Tony, we ought to define what emotional intelligence is. Now, I'm sure it's been defined many times on your show, but I'll give you my definition. 
Emotional intelligence is being smart with your feelings. It's using your cognitive abilities to work with your emotions in order to make good quality decisions and build up authentic relationships. And by so doing, you allow other people to make the choices that they need to make by helping and supporting them through empathy, through understanding, through influencing and persuading them. So it's not about selling things in my old world of flogging stuff to people, making them buy things that they don't want. It's allowing them the opportunity to make the choices that they need. And I'm trying to influence them and persuade them in an emotional way that my product is a good product to consider. And in the majority of circumstances, it's going to be the best product for them. Robin, you made a business out of being an emotional intelligence trainer. And at some point in your his life history, you knew this was going to work for you. And you went on to teach, as we mentioned, over 300,000 people. I'd like to know how did that vision evolve as, hey, I'm going to teach people this. This is so important. How did that vision evolve that, that took you into this as a business? Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, Tony. I didn't start out with that vision. Um, my sales role was made redundant. Um, my role didn't exist anymore. The market changed, the product portfolio of the organization I was working for changed. There wasn't a role for me within the organization. So I looked at other opportunities to develop and grow my skills and grow my experience. And I didn't set out thinking, oh, I will now become an emotional intelligence trainer. It was a case of looking at my skill set and saying to myself, what is it that I can do that can make a difference? Make a difference for myself, my family, but make a difference for other people that I'm working with and engaging with. And my skill set has always been around developing and growing people. So I originally started up a business called Robin Hills, Developing People, Developing Business. And I don't have a big ego, Tony. So um, I found after a while I wasn't comfortable with the name of my organization. Who the heck is Robin Hills? Nobody will have heard of him. He's just a legend in his own lunchtime. So I thought the, the best thing to do would be to completely reconfigure the company, change my focus, change my approach. And I had a, a revelation, must be about 15 years ago, that, uh, well, it was working with other entrepreneurs and other coaches, and they were all saying, you've got to define your niche. You've got to work your niche. You've got to define a unique selling point. What makes you different? Well, developing people, developing business was just a bit too broad. And a lot of the coaches and uh, trainers and entrepreneurs I, I was working with and interacting with and networking with all had really good company names. So I really started to look around to see what it is I could develop a business around. And uh, I recognized that the name EI for change really encompassed everything that I wanted to do. It's using emotional intelligence 
to bring about change at the personal level, the team level and the organisational level. Um, and fortunately for me, the domain name ei for change was still available. So I bought that up quickly and the company name and the logo was registered just simply because nobody else had thought of it. So I thought, right, there is the niche for me. Now, on the basis of that, it was a case of, right, well, what do I do in terms of developing emotional intelligence? Again, this was about 15 years ago. Emotional intelligence was known about, it was recognised, but it wasn't mainstream. And so I recognised what I needed to do was to go out there and to really look at how emotional intelligence can be uh, developed in terms of working with people through change. So rather than going in and saying to people, oh, I work in the field of emotional intelligence, what's that then? It's a case of, I look at developing people, I look at developing leaders, I look at communication skills, I look at um, collaboration, I look at interacting with other people, all underpinned with emotional intelligence. And that seemed to work better. Now, I also then, and I think this is vitally important to consider in terms of entrepreneurship, I also found that a lot of people were giving me easy yeses. Yes, we'll buy into that. Or you must come along and talk to us and uh, develop a program for us. And not a lot of things were happening. And often I would uh, arrange to develop and deliver a, a, a training program. And um, it was then cancelled a few weeks beforehand or a few days beforehand. And I got all this material and I thought, what am I going to do with it? And at the time, the idea of trading online was in its infancy. And I thought, well, whilst I'm waiting for opportunities to materialise in terms of delivery, I can actually take all this material, work on it, develop it, put it up online. If it sells, brilliant. If it doesn't sell, what have I done? I've just wasted my time. But I uh, knew that putting a bit of effort behind it, putting a bit of a push behind it, there were some great opportunities out there, Tony. And you're right, I'm now in a situation where 300,000 people have been taking my courses, are taking my courses. Now, that's just a guesstimate. It might be a rather conservative guesstimate. I think the number's a lot higher, but I would rather say, hey, it's 300,000 rather than go up to about half a million. But that's the target for next year. I like that very much. It's very informative. What a purpose, what a drive you have to help people. And we're talking about Mastering Emotional Resilience with Robin Hills. And you can find him at ei4change.com. Let's spell that E-I, that the letter E, the letter I, the number four, and then the word change, EI4change.com, and you'll find it on the website as well. Robin, let's get into the vision path a little bit more and dive in. We're entrepreneurs here. We're business owners. Help us learn. Let's start with this. How about some good strategies to manage stress and maybe weather some of the storms in our workplace? 
Well, I, I think uh, in order to do that, let's look at what entrepreneurs have to do. They have to be resilient. So in, in terms of being an entrepreneur, in terms of being a successful entrepreneur, you've actually got to master your own emotions and master your own levels of stress and put up with stuff. Stuff is not going to go right. Stuff is not going to go the way that you want it to go. You've got to expect that. Now, this is all part of being resilient. But once you understand what resilience is, it makes being entrepreneur and it makes managing stress a lot easier. Now, a lot of people talk about uh, resilience in terms of bouncing back. And I think that's a little bit naive and it's a little bit insulting, really, because you don't bounce back. You actually learn and grow through adverse experiences and become better because of them, not despite them. So what resilience is all about is having a really strong focus and a focus on what it is that you want to try and do and what it is that you're setting out to do and what it is that you're going to achieve. Now, things are going to go wrong. Things are going to go really well at times. But it's coming through adversity and using your creativity and adaptability to adapt around circumstances as they change. Heck, we've all had to do that two years ago during the pandemic. Now, does that make us all resilient? No, it doesn't. We've all worked and lived through it. Some of us have worked and lived through it more successfully than others. That doesn't mean to say we're any more resilient. We've just put up with the circumstance. And some of us have developed and grown through that and are doing completely different things to what we did before we went into the pandemic. Some people have just stayed the same. But we're all still here. And those of us that are still here, unfortunately, a lot of us lost a lot of loved ones during that time. But those of us that are still here doesn't mean to say that we're resilient. We just happen to have survived and have, have grown through that adverse situation. And what can we learn from it? How can we grow through that? And how can we honour the, the loved ones that we've lost through that process? That's all being part of resilience. And... The other thing about resilience is understanding that life does have meaning and you have to define that for yourself. But that will then help you to drive you forward in terms of your goals, in terms of what you're trying to achieve and in terms of adapting around circumstances to make these things happen. Now, I'm getting this in my head and I'm not sure I have it totally, but here we are. Events happen, 2020, 2021, major wide sweeping change. And we have to find a way to, to keep our business going or find another part of our business to keep going. And it can be, and it has been not good for a lot of people. You know, before I was podcasting, I had a lead generation company for about seven years big clients and four times, four of them, just like the lockdown. I had four of them in my seven year period that it just shut the business down because some new federal mandate or protocol came down and it just changed the way we did marketing and we had to retool. 
and I got tired of that. So I went into podcasting, which <laughs> is a, its own interesting story. So I, I basically, I bolted, I left that industry because it was like, I can't control it. So I'm thinking of, we have things though, that we really love. We've created something as an entrepreneur and a business owner. We love our business. We love what we've done. We love what we've built or the programs we've created. We don't necessarily want to leave them to be successful. So I'm thinking, well, what can I take away from what you're saying? How can I master that stress and change using emotional resilience? Oh, and not that it's going to happen, maybe, and I don't, you know, something else comes from the government. Okay, it's time to pull out that emotional resilience, Robin. And what do we do? Well, first of all, we need to recognize the emotional pathway that we're going through. And uh, uh, when these sort of things happen, there's going to be a, a high level of anxiety that occurs through it. And it's going to drive certain emotional responses from us. There's going to be fear because there's threat there. It's going to lead to anger. We're going to do things that we don't like doing and we're going to let ourselves down. So we're going to feel guilty through it. Then we'll go into depths of despair and then there'll be hostility around it. We'll be hostile to other people because we'll apportion blame onto other people. We'll apportion blame on ourselves. We'll, um, we'll look at every reason under the sun as to why it's not our problem, it's everybody else's. And then suddenly it will become our problem. Some of us will go into denial. Some of us will become so frustrated with it, we'll decide we, we just will shut everything down and go and do something else, go and live on a, de a desert island. But all of these emotions that I've just described are not pleasant emotions. They are unpleasant emotions. And we've just got to kind of recognize that these emotions are giving us information. They provide us with a source of data. Why are we feeling that particular emotion? Why are we feeling it in that way? Why are we experiencing it in that intensity? And what can we do with it? Now, it's very easy for you and I to sit here and talk and have a pleasant chat around these emotions and to do it from a kind of cognitive level. But when you're going through these emotions, it is incredibly hard. So what you need to do in those circumstances is to look at where you can get your emotional support from. Do you have a network of people who you can go to for emotional support? And if not, then it's vitally important for you to develop that. Um, a lot of people will look to their partner, their family in the first instance. They're the most important people within your life. They're there for you. So how can you get the emotional support that you need? Then you've got friends and eventually you, you go down the list and you come to, to colleagues and you come to uh, business contacts. Now, Again, these are people that will be there for you, but you're not going to get the same level of emotional support from them as you are from somebody who's closely dear to you. So it's just recognising where you can go. Business colleagues are incredibly valuable for giving you emotional support as long as you know how to work with them and manage them and ask them the right questions. So uh, what is it that you did uh, during the... Uh, pandemic. What is it that I can learn from that? What did you do that I wasn't doing? What made you successful? 
listen to that, swallow your pride and say, hmm, would that work if I tried it? What uh, advice would you give me? Um, what, what can you do for me? How can you help me? These are the sort of things to ask our business colleagues, and this is what will give you emotional support. If you need a shoulder to cry on, who do you go to have that shoulder to cry on? And a good cathartic sob is part of being emotionally resilient. So don't deny it and don't man up and don't deny yourself that if that's what you need. Robin, I think I'm going to just only speak for myself. Some of us, that's just myself, don't want to tell other people what problems we have. We don't, we don't want that shoulder to cry on, though we do like that emotional support. And I really like that, having a network of people that support each other. That makes it a little bit easier for us that because now we have a place to go to. And I think, I believe that would really help us focus on what's important in our business by getting that support. So, so if we, if, if we don't want to tell anybody, but we go to a network, whoever's got a network that does that, I, I see that as being very successful because if we do not focus on what's important in our business, we can, we can drown in the tide or the ocean uh, waves of whatever new madness comes about. But if we can focus, we can tread water, we can stay alive. And that brings up a little uh, adjunct, a little another little piece of this. Okay, well, something comes about. We, we're going to pull out that emotional resilience. One of the things is I've got to increase my motivation and I've got to overcome whatever just came after I stopped crying. And I've got to be positive. I got to be optimistic about it. So how do we do that? You know, before, before we can go to, before we even go to a network or wherever for more help, we've got to realize that we've got to pick ourselves up. Don't we, before we even go to somebody else, what do you think? We, we do. Yes. Yes. And this brings in one of the key fundamentals of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. And it's having that awareness as to how you react in certain circumstances Self-awareness is also knowing what your strengths are. It's also knowing what your limitations are. And, it, and I really do encourage people to look at what makes them different, what makes them special, what makes them unique. I'm not interested in people's weaknesses. I'm not interested in what they can't do. I'm more interested in what they can do. And if they can define what they can do that I can't, even better, because then that gives me somebody who I can turn to when I need that skill set. So going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of emotional resilience and network toning, as an entrepreneur, you are very skilled at podcasting. That's your life now. But nobody is going to take away from you those skills that you've learned and developed over the years that have got you to this point. Now, you're successful at doing that, because you've applied those strengths in that area. But I can guarantee sitting here um, 2,000, 3,000 miles away from you that I know within your network, you will have certain people that you rely on to deliver certain things for you. You will have somebody who will give you financial advice. You'll have an accountant. 
you'll probably have a, a legal advisor there in the background. You'll have somebody helping you with HR issues. You'll have um, uh, perhaps a marketeer, a social um, media uh, guru. A lot of that you'll do yourself, but there'll be other people who have got skill sets around those functions that you are not interested in developing and you don't need to because you'll pay them for their services. So again, part of being emotionally resilient is, is knowing who to turn to when you need support, you need help, and it's something that you can't do. So uh, it's recognizing where your strengths lie because that gives you the uniqueness within your business. But it's also recognizing what it is that either you can't do or you don't like doing and get somebody else to do it for you. I like that. We all can use help. We don't, each one of us doesn't necessarily know everything. Uh, no matter how many people we follow, how many podcasts we listen to, how many classes we take, webinars, how many books we read, there's still more to learn. And having that support network is really, really good. I like that a lot. All right. Well, we're talking about emotional intelligence here. We brought up self-awareness. And I want to go into, well, I want to be able to think more on the fly. And when something comes, be be more decisive, be more productive, be able to act on, on something that comes. So anything that you can help us learn to, I guess, be better at our game. Well, this, this might sound very strange, but it does link very much into emotional resilience as well. And uh, that is the skill set of mindfulness, which really underpins both emotional resilience and emotional intelligence. It's not a component of, but um, uh, mindfulness is one of these abilities that we can learn to be present very much in the moment. So here I am at the moment talking to you, Tony, and my focus is on talking to you. So I've switched off every other distraction. I'm not flicking through my phone. I'm not uh, looking at anything else around me. I'm, I've made sure before I came into this conversation that all distractions, and you were very good at forcing me to do that as well, all uh, distractions were closed down. I made sure I had something to drink. I made sure I went to the toilet. I made sure I was sitting comfortably. I made sure that the temperature was right in the room. All of that was mindfully focusing on what I needed to do. Now, because of that, and because I was able to clear my head, it means that when you ask me a question, I haven't prepared any answers. I haven't gotten down on a piece of paper what I need to say this. Um, I can be very much in the present moment. And utilizing this skill of mindfulness is incredibly useful to help with decision making. So it means if you do need to make a decision in the moment, you can make a better quality decision rather than being distracted or all over the place or thinking about what you did in the past or what you're going to be doing in an hour's time or in a day's time. So just be very much in the present moment. Now, a lot of people think mindfulness is, is all uh, a lot of woo-woo and it's a lot of sitting in the corner in a caftan with joysticks saying, Om. Um, meditation is a part of mindfulness. And how do you then clear your mind 
And how do you work to be more mindful? Uh, do you need to take time aside out of your day in order to meditate? Now, I know a lot of people will do that, and I, I would encourage you to do it if you can do it. But if you can't do it, then uh, snatch the moments where you can be mindful and practice mindfulness. I'll give you a couple of examples, Tony. You cleaned your teeth this morning, didn't you? There's did two you know? minutes. Well, <laughs> most people did. There's two minutes where you can grab some mindfulness. Feel the toothbrush on your teeth. Feel the the uh, toothpaste turning into foam. Feel uh, you know, taste the uh, the consistency of the foam and uh, taste the the flavour of the mint or whatever flavour you've got. So, uh, do each tooth mindfully. Take two minutes to do it because whilst you're cleaning your teeth, you really shouldn't be doing anything else if you're doing it properly. So there's two okay. minutes there. Uh, let me give you another um, opportunity to practice mindfulness. Can I, can I, can I say one thing? Because yeah. While, while you're talking about that, and this, is not having, this does not have anything to do with brushing teeth, but while you're saying all this, I'm being mindful because I'm very aware of what I say. I'm aware of what my questions are most of the time. And the question popped up in my head at the beginning of the show. Now, nobody cheat. Don't listen back. Don't. Uh, 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 uh. I brought up uh, uh, Michael Benner, who I've interviewed before, and I talked about emotional Resilience, or did I talk about emotional intelligence? Now, today's episode, we're talking about emotional resilience, but I've kind of gone back and forth just a little bit. And so while you're saying this, I'm going, did I say intelligence or did I say resilience? And that's part of mindfulness, being aware. And I spoke, actually spoke about emotional intelligence, which we really haven't covered yet in this episode. And uh, I want to hear what you have to say. And hopefully there's time for me to ask one more question about the emotional intelligence. But first, I just wanted to mention that about mindfulness, because that's what it is. It's like be, when you're in the moment, you know what's going on and what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me give you uh, I'm mindful of the fact that I started to give you another example. I really want to share this with your listeners, because this is an opportunity that everybody gets to snatch a moment of mindfulness. We all have to stop at traffic lights. And what do we do when we stop at traffic lights? We change the radio station, we look in the mirror, we, uh, we uh, look and check our hair, and there's a whole host of things that we do. That is a moment where we can mindfully just concentrate on our breathing, sit there, and patiently wait for the traffic lights to change. You can't think the traffic lights to change. You can't will them to change. You've just got to go with the flow. Now, we've got no choice over it. I have to stop at traffic lights like you do, Tony. So when I get to stop at a set of traffic lights, ah, this is a moment for mindfulness. Again, very easy to say if I'm late for an appointment and I'm starting to feel anxious and a little bit nervous about letting people down, it's going to change my mindset. But that is the point when you actually have to say, come on, I cannot do anything about these traffic lights because if I uh, push myself emotionally away from being mindful, 
are more likely to have an accident and that's going to cause even more hassle for me and anxiety in the long term. That's funny. Now, I never drove in New York City. I don't think. No. So I've been I've been all over the country. But when that light turns red, and I've never been a race car driver, but I am Italian. Maybe it's in me. When that light turns red, I sit there. I check my surrounds in half a second, and I'm just fixated on that red light. And as soon as it turns green, I'm like, pow. <laughs> Maybe but, again, that fixation is probably <laughs> being a little bit more mindful than you're giving yourself credit for. <laughs> I love it. Robin, one last one before we go is I did bring in emotional intelligence partially so that we can separate and understand the difference and get better at what we're doing. And it said that it's the side, the human side of intelligence, and that's emotional intelligence is separate from resilience. So I kind of want to cover that topic just a little bit before we go. Sure. And uh, emotional intelligence, it's interesting, isn't it? It's got the two words, emotional and intelligence, and they're put together. I go back to what I said earlier. It's about being smart with your feelings. It's actually using your intelligence. Um, now, emotional intelligence and cognitive intelligence, IQ, are not highly correlated. So if you are incredibly smart, it doesn't mean to say that you're going to be more emotionally intelligent. You've got a bit of a head start because you can actually then logically think about emotions better. But most academics that I know who are incredibly smart are not necessarily emotionally intelligent. And there are some people who may not be very bright, but boy, we do anything for them, wouldn't we? Because they're lovely people. They've got their emotional intelligence right. And often I would look at them and think, wish I could do it like that. But I can't. I'm me. I'm Robin. But to go back to your original question, Tony, how does emotional intelligence and emotional resilience fit together? Well, resilience is strangely enough not a part of emotional intelligence. It's not recognized as a component of emotional intelligence. But I go back to what I said to you earlier in terms of self-awareness as being a fundamental key part of emotional intelligence. That's the awareness of what's going on in you as an individual, inside your head, inside your mind, inside your brain, your physiology, the rest of your body and your psychology. So it's that awareness. Then the action and uh, and behavior component is how you control, manage, and regulate your emotions. And it, as we've been talking about earlier, we've been talking about emotions and how they drive um, us in terms of dealing with adverse conditions and change. So we then have a choice as to how we work with our emotions. And we then should stop, mindfully think, what is the data that this emotion is giving me? How do I utilize it? And how do I act? Not how do I react? How do I act? So you're making your choices based upon your feelings and your thinking and the way in which you're combining them together. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, you're focused on the outcomes that you're looking to achieve. You're focusing on your goals. You're doing it with meaning and you're doing it in an adaptable and flexible way. Then you can combine your emotional intelligence 
with your emotional resilience and it will help you to become better at what it is that you do. Very nicely said, and I am going to listen to this again and just soak all this up. Once again, we talked about Mastering Emotional Resilience with Robin Hills, and you can find him at ei4change.com. Robin, it was great having you. I've learned some, and I'm going to listen to this again because there's more to soak up, and there's some great information, some pearls and nuggets here. Thanks so much for sharing with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed every moment of it, mindfully. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We discussed mastering emotional resilience with Robin Hills. We talked about some great points here, like good strategies to manage stress, how to weather storms in the workplace. How can you master that stress, master that change, using emotional resilience. It really can help you stay in control and, and keep you moving forward and focus on what's important. You know, as I mentioned in the interview, you created your baby, you created your company, you created your product or service. When something new comes along that shuts everything down, you don't necessarily just want to start all over, do you? So check out what we've said here and see how that can help you. We talked about how to boost your motivation, overcome setbacks and how to think more quickly, how to act decisively, how to be more productive. We talked about leadership, emotional intelligence. So tell me, what did we discuss that resonated with you? And please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. And you can access Apple Podcasts from any web or mobile device. Try it. Leave a kind review. I appreciate that. And I mentioned this in this episode, you can search through seven years of my interviews by going to tonydurso.com slash podcast, and then type in the keyword in the search, whether you type in the guest name, or for example, you could type in emotional intelligence, emotional resilience, leadership, and so forth, and see what comes up. You're going to love some of these points. So go ahead and check that out. Tell me what you think and share this interview with a few friends to help them too. That's why we're all friends, right? Friends help friends succeed. All right, let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. So good seeds. Do good deeds and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.